welcome to the Cubicorn Games Podcast. My name is Dustin Morbido. It's going to be a probably short, weird episode. Wow! <laughs> Joining me today to talk about a few things that have been happening. Lorraine Morbido is here. Yes, I voted. Have you? Question mark. We did. We both voted within like, I don't know, 30 or 40 minutes ago probably. That uh, was more of a like general question. Give or take. I hope you voted. Please. <laughs> As of this recording, we have both voted and... When this comes out, it'll all be over. Well, the voting, the voting will be done. Let's and, put it that I way. I mean, it will all be over. You can just say that. Yeah. So right. If you didn't, <laughs> if you didn't vote this time, I'm very disappointed in you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope you vote. We next are both time. mad and disappointed. Uh. Yeah. I'm. You know, gonna, you can do better. I figured we'd start heavy and then move on from there. But uh, yeah. Well, you know, we've made. I don't think any. <laughs> I don't think anybody anybody would mistake our political opinions if they've listened to this more than a time or two, mm-hmm. especially like back in 2020 when we were really going off on that shit. Mm. But if you don't vote, I think you are failing, you know, whichever country you're in. I'm just going to go with America because that's where we're from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're in America and you vote for Republicans, you are failing democracy and everyone you know and love. <laughs> like they, Like straight up, I wish there were, I wish we lived in a healthier country mm-hmm. where, you know, there could be value on both sides. Yeah, where there were reasonable choices and where both parties to some degree, if the number of political parties competing, if they all had some level of interest in material improving, mm-hmm. you know, the conditions of their citizenry. Now it's just the limp-wristed high ground and actual hate and <laughs> yeah, so Repu- everything. Republicans don't believe in electoral politics. They fundamentally don't believe in democracy anymore. I hope someday that changes. Either the party dissolves completely or somehow things turn around. And yeah, they would just assume, you know, I, at this point, I'm convinced that if they could just like cue, pe- cue gay and trans people up into a wood chipper and just push them all forward, I think they'd probably do it if it, you know, yeah. kept them in power. So <laughs> there's no room for, right, there's no room for negotiation here as far as I'm concerned. You suck it up, as hold your nose <laughs> and vote for Democrats until we lose the right to vote. <laughs> <laughs> Which, who knows, could be coming to a... County near you, who uh, can say? Yeah, and pray that pray that eventually the world gets better. Uh, we, but got to keep fighting. Yeah. <laughs> fighting the fight you can't, we can. You can't just want the world to improve and not vote. That is not how this works. You have to literally do... We have... It's a drop in the bucket in the grand scheme of things, but we, we cast ballots, we did our part, we filled in the circle, and we fed the voting machine. Like... Yeah, so... I have a sticker. <laughs> right. With all that said, I know that's pretty fucking grim. And everything's the, grim. The sad part is, like Lorraine, like you hinted at, you know, a minute or two ago when we got started, this isn't going to be over. No. For the next few weeks Ever. or months, probably, <laughs> and then after that, right? Exactly the way the Republican Party is now. Anyone who happens to lose their race will just say they didn't, and either <laughs> just be either they'll keep harping about that until somebody commits an act of violence, or or they'll succeed in overturning the results of an otherwise legit- legitimate election. But, you know, that's where America's at. It's shit. America's a terrible place. Yes. <laughs> need to try to make it a little bit better. You can do that by voting. That's one of the ways I you can I hope you voted. For sure. But anyway, other than that, other than <laughs> <laughs> the end of liberal democracy in, in America, how are you doing, Lorraine? I've been better. That's, that's we'll just We'll just blanket and I've been better. Yeah, we've had a lot of other personal stuff going on, too, that hasn't been amazing. No, it really hasn't. We definitely don't need to get into deal, details with that on here. I will no. say that at least one thing that po- happened that was positive, as far as I'm concerned, was we just got done with Yumicon this weekend. Wow, it's true. 
That was a lot of fun. It's mm-hmm. an anime convention that happens in downtown Detroit every year. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it will go back to being annual. Like there was a there was a year off for the for 2020 for you, don't you know say. <laughs> reasons. Don't, I mean, it did happen don't. in 2021, yeah, but I, did. I, I I didn't know that until after it was over. So and we, also, I don't think the indie devs were there, mm-hmm. to my understanding, because there was we got a little booklet that we helped put together by providing information. Yeah, but we were, we were there this year, and it was yeah. pretty much back to normal for the most part. Mm-hmm. Big Michigan indie scene showing up, like you said, locally sourced helped. Yeah, big shout out to, um, oh, I don't remember all the names specifically of... Steven and Mike and uh, Brett from Bullcut. Those guys all I know either helped with the pamphlet or just generally helped with locally sourced Or, uh, you know, they helped keep back and forth with the people at the convention. Yeah, because it's, it's, they make it so painless for us and extremely easy. Yeah. And, I mean, the, I guess, higher up of Yomacon, Cora, that we had interactions with, super great, really, like, go-getting, like. Right. And, yeah, again, those those guys in the indie scene were the the main touch point with Mm -hmm. them and with everybody else at Yomacon. So, yeah, thank you to all. All those the hard work the... of literally everyone who had to do something to yeah. like put in that show from the always present cleaning staff, security, all the people checking passes, all of that stuff. Everybody from top to bottom did a great job. Yeah, so thank you to all those guys in the indie scene for getting that going. Thank you to Wright, Cora, and everybody else involved with the Yumicon staff for Huntington Place and the <laughs> Rensen. We didn't go get over the Rensen this year, uh-huh. but. For continuing to give Michigan devs the opportunity mm-hmm. to show off their games. It's very much appreciated. And thank you to anybody who happened to stop by and play mm-hmm. for a little bit. Absolutely. So a pretty okay weekend. Saturday was very good. So Sunday and Friday were a little slower, but mm-hmm. not bad. Definitely worth showing up and hanging out for. Yeah. Um, and we had been prepping for that for a little bit, which again got derailed by some other stuff. But, you know, yeah. now we're kind of back into the normal swing of things. And I want to really get on all this other cool stuff that we want to do. So that's kind of what the episode, rest of this episode is going to be. I think we're just going to give a very brief update about what to expect from us in the next couple of weeks and months. And then uh, probably just call it a show and get to doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so first and foremost, coming out of Yubicon, I did touch base with a couple other developers there. Yeah. After we wrap this recording up, I'm going to tr- start sending a handful of emails and trying to get in touch with people about eventually playing their games at some point because mm-hmm. that's still a thing we're interested in doing on stream is playing other people's indie games and it's still easier to get a bunch of Michigan games in the queue first again they're by no means they're the only games we'll play so if you mm-hmm. happen to be listening out there and you have an indie game you want us to check out you can hit us up at twitter at cubicorn games email yeah, us at, if twitter's still around if twitter's still around that's a whole other a thing. more reliable email, source email would be us at, at podcast, podcast at cubicorn that'll be up where their twitter twitter exists it's or not. true and yeah you can catch us on twitch.tv slash cubicorn games where yep. we we archive or where, where we put all those streams and cubicorn games on youtube where we archive them but mm-hmm. yeah so that'll be fun we'll, we'll get a lot of that going i know the next game we're going to play Dun, dun, dun. So that'll happen either Thursday or Saturday. I'll just go ahead and ask you right now, Lorraine. Yeah. I, again, I do want to. I think I want to ease back into that in the sense that I want to do. You know, we're done playing other games for the moment. Kind of get it back to doing at least one stream a week. Yeah. And make sure we do at least one indie game a week. That's my mm-hmm. goal. Yeah. Um, do you have a preference? Would you want to target Thursday or Saturday more heavily? Or again, we can still kind of mm-hmm. go back and forth. Like the point at the end I mean, of the day is the... that we'll be archiving them because it's mostly for the developers' benefit, if nothing else, mm-hmm. and they can always find the archives after the fact. So. I mean, the only kind of frustrating thing is again, it's a single month window because I'll be going back to not as consistently one day over the other just night shifts are coming back for me in December so okay we'll double check either one you never had nights on Thursdays this past in October right no but I'm pretty sure I might might have have one or two (laughs) in December it's like I said it's a lot more scattershot 
Okay. Um, I actually don't have any Thursday nights. All right. Okay. Then let's say for the rest of this year, there's every Thursday night, every Saturday that's not Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve. I okay. do work the night. Let's let's do that then. So for the rest of this calendar year for 2022, every Thursday night we're gonna play an indie game on stream. Okay. So come check that out. Yeah. It should be a lot of fun. Like I said, I gotta get you know people in the queue, and if I don't end up getting other people in the queue, I have to track stuff down. But it should still be a really good time. I'm very appreciative if again anytime like we've had a handful of requests mm-hmm. since we started doing this, which has been really nice because it's honestly easier for me to have a game put in front of me than to go dig it around looking for something that is either looks cool or interesting or just like underappreciated to to check out. Like it's it's literally just removes a step from the process. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we absolutely yeah. appreciate anybody who reaches yeah. out and wants. I us mean, to check circling out the game. back to Yomacon, uh, the name escapes me. But we saw the developer of Passage, uh, one of the first games we yeah, played. Yeah, uh, MCAT. I don't know her last name. Yeah. Emily, Emily something. I don't know what her last name is. But she's MCAT on um, Discord. And which was really cool. It was stuff. super neat to have an in-person conversation after we had a bit of back and forth like on the stream. And, mm-hmm. and like I said, I had met her once before yeah, at that yeah, other yeah. event at uh, replay game, replay cafe or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was nice to see. We saw a lot of people that we either mm-hmm. have never seen before in person or haven't seen in a very long time, which was neat. A lot of people from the old um, LTU meetups where, like, I, th- I yeah. think those have gotten back into normal. But I mm-hmm. like it's a slightly different collection of people, and I haven't been able to make it out to any of that stuff super mm-hmm. frequently. But I do want to go to a few more of those in person things again. I still want to go out to Ann Arbor at some point because mm-hmm. it is kind of an annoying. You know, it's like 40, 45 yeah. minutes for us. It's not. A, it's not like a, an impossible drive by any means, but it's I a mean, commitment. We could try to make it like a depending on like the days or anything we could try to squeeze in a an ipsy and jambercy visit yeah we could do that kind of in that area i think the other part of the ann arbor ones that screws us up relative to the other things you're trying to do in your schedule is i think they've been on thursday nights ah yeah i'm not gonna want to do that yeah so right that is both coming into what is usually your work week Mm -hmm. (laughs) and if we want to stream that night (laughs) thursdays are generally mondays for me right but at some point yeah We'll figure it out. Uh, but that's good. We're looking forward to all that stuff. Planning to keep podcast recording up. I can. Uh, I think if we don't miss any any other ones, I think we'll have only missed one show. Yeah, this cause... year because we didn't record one two weeks ago because we were doing Yumicon prep stuff. Yeah, we had a lot on our plates the past like two weeks, so it was just kind of like, eh, why don't we just save it for like a wrap-up yeah. type deal? We'll still be trying to get other people on here eventually to yeah. talk about their games a little bit. That's going to be another factor of like our schedules and their schedules and when we plan things, because I'm mm-hmm. still, in general, more interested in talking to someone about their game after we've played it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so all that's a thing, but mm-hmm. expect more of that in the future. And I think that's it for us as far as like non-game development stuff. Mm-hmm. Keep on keeping on with all that. We'll see how Twitter goes. <laughs> like you said, it seems like it's going to be a fucking stupid shit show for a while. But Oh, yeah. The only thing I would miss even like 10% about Twitter is that it is a good way to keep up with like those kind of like game devy people and stuff like that. Yeah. I'll be, if it dies... There'll be other platforms, mm-hmm. like like either new ones that spring up or other stuff that you know I'm not super aware of that'll take its place. So for anybody out there, like don't worry about if you want to leave Twitter, fuck leave Twitter. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> uh it is not a non-essential service. I think that's the funniest thing between like Elon Musk's perception of what Twitter is and like what most people's perception of Twitter mm-hmm. is, is like because to him, I, I truly think that he's been he's so blinded by his own usage and success with the platform that he's like, yeah. oh yeah, Twitter is absolutely essential <laughs> to like the world, to America. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> that website could disappear tomorrow and the earth would keep still keep turning, man. Everything would be fucking mm-hmm. fine. Many things would probably be better. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if you are on Twitter, don't feel a little bit bad if you just want to get the fuck out as it becomes a bigger fucking shit show. 
and don't mourn it if it dies. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, there are so many people, so many other ways to communicate on the internet. Mm-hmm. We don't need Twitter. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that, like, uh, for a lot of, like, art Twitter, it's a really good, like, outreach platform. Yeah. And hopefully something else will be able to fill that gap because I know there there hasn't ever really been a very consistent place for a lot of that stuff. And they've just kind of like latched on to like either like Facebook pages back in the day or like now Twitter, kind of Instagram and other sites like Patreon or um, Ko-Fi definitely help. But yeah. you're, you're right, having a though. presence on a like general social media is a big boon for a lot of those kinds of creators who do like mm-hmm. commission like or like i guess even just gig work yeah and in its idealized form like i said i do really like twitter in theory mm-hmm. <laughs> the idea of like that it's more of you just know a you, trash can you follow people you want to follow based on like certain output like i like i have never once in my life and this is true of me of like pretty much any social media platform mm-hmm. so i might be different than the average person but I, for the most part, never want to have a back and forth with anyone. <laughs> I'm like, I don't. I'm not here to have a conversation. I'm not here to like either. I learned a long time ago that I'm not here to like in this form dispense hot takes mm. and or debunk other people's hot takes. But I do, like you said, I do. I am interested in you know following creative people mm-hmm. that I am in, that I am interested in, like you know whether it's game devs or like you said, like people doing like art of whatever stripe or you know music or whatever like i think it's cool to in theory have a social media platform that is just like all right here's a bunch of feeds of people who are Mm -hmm. make stuff that you might be interested in if you follow them hopefully as they make new stuff the platform the algorithm will surface it to you and that's how you can keep up to date on their output (laughs) that's kind of one of the like most interesting things about how like tumblr works because there's no the thing that makes it in my opinion i still don't really like it but the thing that makes it a little better than twitter is that there's literally no algorithm it's not like you don't get a feed with like suggested posts in there they'll suggest accounts occasionally like on the sidebar or like break it up in like your general like feed be like oh have you checked out like these topics or like these accounts but it's still just like it's people you follow and you have to just find them there's no other like it's not really spoon feeding you stuff when you get there. Everything's just blank, which is kind of cool. I like that in theory. It's definitely a better platform for like more creative things like art and, in my opinion, short form, not long form writing. Um, <laughs> but they're putting nudity back in Tumblr. I, heard. I know. Yeah. So not not like still not porn. I guess the line there is like it can't be like masturbatory, quote unquote. Like it can't be like stimulate. Mean. Like a, I guess the person in the content can't be like explicitly. My brother in Christ, in you can you can jerk off to anything, man. <laughs> uh, but at least the ability to show like the naked human form apparently is going to be re-enabled. Female presenting nipples will be back, my guys. You heard it here first. <laughs> um, what you know, pro. I think mm-hmm. I'm certainly fine with it. I mean, that definitely was a big strike against them. That's why a lot of people left for Twitter, <laughs> but now they're like mm-hmm. coming back, sort of. That's the one good thing, theoretically, I think that could come out of. And I don't, I don't actually believe for one minute that he'll actually do this, but Elon seemed to be hinting that he might let, quote unquote, any form of content be monetizable on Twitter. <laughs> but like, do I actually believe he'll let sex workers monetize their content yeah. on Twitter? No, not even a little bit. <laughs> I would I would think it much more likely that he'll just start banning or shadow banning those people in the way that you know, he mean, might do with everyone who doesn't pay. So I mean, they've done stuff where like <laughs> there was that one of their posts where it's like you have to specifically specify you are a parody account. You can't impersonate people or you will be banned. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and, and, and definitely started. right. Even if you don't choose to leave the platform, don't pay for Twitter. Don't. Just just don't don't 
Th- th- that's more embarrassing than anything. Like if you have, if you if if when they flip the switch on that update, you wear the badge of shame that you're you're giving Elon Musk his blood money. Like, come on. <laughs> so walking around with your fly open, it's just like, <laughs> oh, you're embarrassing everyone. Just put that shit away. Don't don't pay for Twitter. Yeah, I don't know if I have any other any other thoughts on that. Although, like you said, in in many ways, it would be. It would be sad, but survivable, because, like I said, because how Twitter, again, how Twitter works in theory versus in practice, mm-hmm. you know, it already super sucks. Like, I wish it worked exactly the way I described and didn't have any of the other negative badges, yeah. but that's not remotely true. Oh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> so it certainly would be sad to, like, for the amount of good that is left in Twitter to be, be diminished mm-hmm. as, if the platform, you know, goes tits up or whatever. But, like I said, there's always room for more stuff. I mean, who knows? Maybe if they're, <laughs> like, we'll get back to something closer to it, like, the... Like a more atomized era of like message boards and shit. Like I don't think that'll happen, mm. but I guess anything's possible. <laughs> I do miss me a message board. At least back in that was like that was nice when the internet was less corporate as a whole. Mm. Like like a lot of like little hangouts like that were you know some guy who started up a forum or whatever. Yeah, I mean, well, that's um, what like Discord put a bullet in all those more or less, and right. now they're bringing back the concept of it in their thing, which I just find funny. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how that goes for the moment. I guess you can still find us on Twitter until, <laughs> until such time as it becomes too stupid to do. And then other than that, because I don't think we need to get any other weird world shit, Game Dev for us is going to continue on. Mm-hmm. Hopefully even more, you know, like we did, really didn't accomplish a ton for, in front of Yumicon, like before that show. I mean, like we got back into Cucumber stuff. Most yeah, that's of that true. Thing, most of those things hadn't been touched in at least a year or two plus at this point, And we actually made like concrete and in my opinion, pretty good level changes which hadn't happened in a long time yeah i concurred i I told you after the fact it was either after the whole show or after saturday i think all the the changes we made to level design were positive like Mm -hmm. i don't think we made any like things we'll have to necessarily roll back it doesn't mean we're not going to iterate more on stuff but Mm -hmm. i think everything we tweaked from the way it was before to the way it is now i think was an improvement so Uh uh-huh yeah i definitely agree keep on rocking with that Mm -hmm. definitely slowly but surely try to keep a little cucumber going while we wrap up a few things on down the drain Mm mm-hmm the biggest one at this point probably being cloud save and Steam Deck support because I do still want to get that into that update too. Like mm. I like in my mind, I know pretty much exactly how we're gonna do everything else, but I haven't done the due diligence to mm. double check how complicated cloud saves are gonna be. And, and on top of that, I know for a fact that's gonna involve like code that will change it over. Like we'll need to account for the fact that people who already have the game have saves in locally. In yeah, in um the player prefs, and yeah. so we'll have to like check. Does player press save exists? Copy all that data and then save it, and then at that point only save, you know, to one or more flat files that mm-hmm. will go to a folder that will go to the cloud. <laughs> so we'll figure out all that stuff. We'll have to churn out and test a Linux build just because. Again, not even necessarily explicitly required, but I'd rather have a native build on yeah. uh, Steam Deck just to have it. Yeah, so. why not? If it's not like too crazy, which I'm assuming it isn't. It's just a more matter of like loading on the device and mm-hmm. fiddling with a little bit and you know i'm i'm not planning to go further than that for linux testing like i'm not going to go like install like four distros of linux on random machines and oh, try no. to test across the board i just do not care nope. like i'm sorry linux linux people that is not we're a team of two people mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm not i'm simply not willing to do a gambit of linux distribution tests to, <laughs> to see how the game runs on multiple of them if you're adamant on running linux you can figure it out yourself you can figure out how to get to get the game to run you'll be fine <laughs> But that's kind of on the horizon for us. It's like, that will be that stuff down the drain. It'll be, again, new boss fight, probably a couple other tweaks to some of the existing content, like changes to some of the boss fights for hard mode, potentially. A couple of bug fixes in there. And we'll, you know, we'll keep on keeping on. 
talking about very just the other day kind of accidentally started talking about what next year might look like but i definitely am theoretically interested in going back to gdex uh, mm-hmm. if that's a thing you think you might want to do i know i had a good time there um again the, that's the big we'll have to see like what the costs are for base and stuff whether it's mm-hmm. similar to last year because uh, again i don't think it was you know we spent x money to go there and i enjoyed my time there but we made functionally zero dollars from doing it yeah. and i kind of expect that to be the case across the board like i just can't mm-hmm. imagine any of these shows even for as little and we spent like as little money as humanly possible to both get a booth space mm-hmm. and like you know pretty minimal i would suspect for people from coming out of town because we only came you know we came from detroit to columbus it's a couple hour drive um and ohio you know hotels are (laughs) cheaper there than they are in many other places (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i can't fathom a a universe where that show would ever turn a profit for us at least like let alone i'd be really curious to ask other people who have been going for years like especially the bowl cut guys like if we ever talked to them i'd be like you guys had a really big booth like because this like are you just kind of doing this to keep the word up because i know like like, they were like they were selling merch you could like uh like buy codes i think for the game for from them right there so like they were actively selling too so like it's not just a like Mm -hmm. oh take a flyer and try to remember to do this later like they were yeah and i know they've been actively merchandising this year wow um Thunder Panic, or was that the, what is that the name of the pirate game? Yeah, those guys had gone to PAX East, I think, last oh, wow. a year or two ago. Because I talked to one of, the, I think, one of their programmers. Yeah, you were you were over there for a bit. Told me about that. So yeah, I'd be really curious about all that stuff, mm-hmm. about how that stuff has played out, and like whether the expense has been worth it. Because those are both, you know, and the other thing about those games is they have to sustain some level of like we've talked about before. Those are big multiplayer kind of things, mm-hmm. so it's even harder than just like selling one person on it. Like you're kind of yeah. selling, you know, a friend group or more. <laughs> right, exactly. You have to sell at least a few people per like attach to make it worthwhile because those games mm-hmm. need to be played by multiple humans. At least those two in particular, I believe, are like local. So it's not I like... I think they have both. Well, Thunder Panic apparently least, has online least, too. At least they have like... It's not just an... It's not like a like a Fortnite type thing where you have to have a player base. You can do it offline as well. Racking my, bri- my brain for like... <laughs> online games mm-hmm. all that stuff super fascinating mm-hmm. but and again if we if we did that again if we would went to gdx like i said i'd plan ahead to do the thing do do even more of the thing that we kind of ended up halfway through the show committing to do a little more which is to like go around play a fistful of the games and like really try to touch base with people and like build mm-hmm. some more context that way because in that sense it was very valuable it was just fun to see other people's games and it was fun to network mm-hmm. a little bit and talk to folks and like hear about what they've been working on and see it and see it in practice a little bit but yeah in terms of like sell through just to like get wish lists or sales or anything on a product like i said for us at least it might as well like goose egg mm-hmm. <laughs> functionally not worth it in, in any respect i also was it matsuru Khan? is that the other one yeah that's the other anime con um, that's also down there that i'd be curious to like if there could be any kind of like just general price comparison because like i know it's valuable to have like to go to more game focused things mm-hmm. but i almost feel like it's a maybe slightly more worthwhile crowd to do it at stuff like Yomakan or Matsurukan because it isn't just like I feel like we got a lot more like armchair developers at GDEX, which I always find super annoying. They're going for like the the technical end of it. Like I mean, we got that kind of shit at GDC when we went it too. Whereas like it is more of a like almost like Maker Fair level of general public. So weeb general public at uh, anime cons where like you can have like different and more in my opinion slightly more interesting conversations with just the people coming as opposed to like, I mean, like the developers are the same mm-hmm. devs gonna dev and so like that I like I don't know I'm not sure exactly how no I get what you're getting at and yeah we'll, we'll check in and see what's up with that 
because the last time and I, I didn't even pay it any mind because you know I just knew that we had enough sh- other shit going on. Yeah, that, like, this year it, it but, was. But I did see either it was either an email or two or like a post in one of those Discord servers for this past year's mm. MatsuriCon or whatever that was like where they were trying to get people and they, if they're active enough that they even want to like try to you know get hotel rooms for people, which is a thing I think might have been like potentially. Like, they might have Mm. been offering that to some projects. That'd be neat. Yeah. Because I remember, like, I kind of, like, I feel like you talked a little bit more with the person, but it sounded like they were, like, really interested in Mm -hmm. um, just building more of an indie scene, probably similar to Yomacon. Right. And I'll drop them a line. Yeah. At some point tonight or tomorrow. And again, that show is more than a year away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. I guess probably less than a year away, but still. Whatever. Like, many months away. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like summer 2023, so we got time. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <clears throat> but yeah, those have been, again, Yumicon was fun, GDX yeah. was fun, um, and again, just for us in particularly, by the price of entry combined with our level of proximity, Yumicon almost certainly more worth it just because it's just so frictionless. Mm-hmm. Again, everybody there has been so accommodating, and we just happen to live very, very close to yeah. downtown Detroit. <laughs> Uh, so all that together, uh, it just makes it a no-brainer to do every year that they'll have us. Uh, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if you've got, again, in the same way, if you've got a game that you're working on, we'd l- still love to check it out. So that's still on mm-hmm. the table. But if you live in either Southeast Michigan or are just willing to drive to Detroit, you know, hit us up and we can pass you along to the, the people you'd need to to get into Yumicon next year or just Google up the Michigan Game Dev Discord. I know there will be mm-hmm. links to that. Like every year it comes around, there's chatter of that, I think, in the conventions there's like a conventions channel Server or channel yeah yeah but it's pretty much open to anybody like you have to get here under mm-hmm. your own power and uh get a hotel or whatever if you need to if you can't yeah. provide can't, like, your drive own home lodgings or whatever yeah but other than that um it's a lot of fun and i would still recommend all that stuff more for like yumicon and gdex and other anime cons if you've got a thing that you want like a thing that's really like early to mid mm-hmm. development and you just want people to like grind on it like hit it with wrenches see what breaks Definitely try to go to shows like that. Try to do it whenever you can. Because what, mm-hmm. what's your point when you're trying to sell something like where it's like either done or like very, very close to done? Uh, I said for a game that's as small as ours, in our experience, it hasn't been super helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it might be different for different people, but I have never once regretted putting a thing that's like actively in development in front of folks. Um, yeah, and trying and seeing how they react to it, and then taking that information back. And, and, and that was and always our our there. biggest boons from the Maker Fair Detroit's was. Mm-hmm. Especially just because it was an even just wider scope of people just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks, essentially, yeah. Maker Fair Detroit. Very valuable. Don't, I know, and because we didn't even talk, I think you specifically more about this, but uh, when we were talking to some of the guys from Kuppa, mm-hmm. Kuppa Games, because uh, they're making chromatic casters, that's right. Yep. Like, I didn't say it wrong. Yeah. But they had mentioned to me even, like, I, maybe it was both of us a little bit, but I think the, when, after I had gone over to play the demo and I talked to them for a little bit more... They were like, well, so, to some extent, we've been, you know, kind of nervous about sharing a thing. And I'm like, I know, like, I, yeah. I understand, but you just got to go get over that. And you just got to get it out there. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you know, if you take a build, you put it on itch, probably no one's going to play it, but some people might. And, you know, mm-hmm. if any, even a single person wants to give them the opportunity to do so, like it's, uh, yeah, definitely. It's worth to like, we're trying to get better at this. And I think by the time cucumbers out, we'll, we will have done it better than we did with down the drain. Mm-hmm. But uh, give people more opportunities to either play your game or make contact with it in a form where it is will be finally purchasable. Mm-hmm. So, like, get those Steam pages up, if that's, you know, or whatever, whatever platform you're on. Super Cucumber is also wishlistable on Steam right now. <laughs> that's true. Um, wow, wow, wow. Because that's even better. Like, that's an even more valuable touch point than, like, getting them to follow you on 
social media, Anything, like Twitter yeah. or Facebook or whatever, because then it will event, it will appear like in their queue at some point. Yeah, like, they'll get a notification. Like, this thing like, is hey. out. You could buy it. So yeah, definitely. You know, get your game out there, even you know if it's a little rough. I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. I, I still think it's more important just to do it than not to do it. For sure. And you know, you work backwards from there because again, you know, until it's out, you can keep iterating on it, and even after it's out, you can keep iterating mm-hmm. on it. <laughs> but eyeballs are important, so if anyone like you know, if somebody glances your way, like wave them over. <laughs> Don't be afraid to to try to get them involved and like pitch people a little bit. I still do do my best to try to do that without like you know, if someone's actively disinterested. I. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't badger him. I let him go. But if someone like, you know, kind of peeps their head over at our booth, I'll mm-hmm. be like, hey, do you want to see what we're looking at? You know, that kind of shit. So I know that's easier or harder for some people than others. But you got to do your best to try to do all of it to some extent. Better find you a hype man. <laughs> Something like that. Get you a booth, babe. But like just a guy <laughs> who can, who's very personable. But yeah, I think, Lorraine, unless there's anything else in particular you want to talk to, I think that kind of might just wrap up this little update episode. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we should have lots of exciting stuff in the future. So I've had a great time playing people's games. So I'm looking forward to doing more of that on stream. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'll be fun to get back into that. Uh, I'm more excited than ever to keep going on game development. (laughs) Like I said, this stuff always gives me a boost. Like whenever we do get out there Mm -hmm. and show a thing off, just hypes me up to get more of that stuff done. Um, And we'll be podcasting some more. Yeah. Yeah, look for more podcasts from us, more streams of indie games, Thursday nights for the rest of this year, um, and more, you know, Less frequent, but definitely some expect updates for Down the Drain and Super Cucumber in the next couple months. Yeah. Down the Drain purchasable on Steam right now. Super Cucumber wishlistable, as Lorraine said only a few minutes ago. And with that, I think we'll call it a show. Yeah. So even though I said it before, we'll wrap up with, uh, if you want us to check out your indie game, whether it's out or in progress, we're always interested in looking at stuff. So send us an email at podcast at cubicorngames.com. Hit us up on Twitter at cubicorngames. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. Cubicorn Games, Itch. it's all the same shit. Steam. Itch. Yeah. We're all over the place. And with all that said, we are going to call it a show, and we will see you in a couple of weeks, Internet. Yeah. Stay safe out there. Bye.